Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. I've got a really, really cool show today. Um, my guests are off the charts. We're going to be honoring someone very special from the past, and I'm going to have my guests introduce themselves to you. So, we'll start with the older one. <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> Ugh. Jerry. I'm not that dramatic. Okay. <laughs> okay. My name's Ken Brady. I am right now I'm the owner and lead singer of the casinos from back in nineteen sixty seven. The founder of the casinos casinos was my good friend Gene Hughes. Uh, the late great Gene Hughes. Uh, me and him was good buddies back in the day. Uh, when Gene left the group, uh, I took over for the lead, and uh, and from then on, I just uh, I just pushed this group as much as I can to keep the legacy of this beautiful, wonderful group alive. And uh, my good buddy that's on the other line with me is Gene Hughes' son, Scotty. He's a great guy. I've known him since he was just a little tot. He used to sit on my lap while his daddy was singing. So uh, say hi to him, Scotty. Yes, uh, hi. My name is Scott Hughes. Uh, Gene Hughes is my father. Uh, he's my father. Um, and Gene is one of my oldest friends. Um, and yes, I, they all used to babysit me. Um, and uh, my, uh, a couple of my uncles were also in the band. Um, I'm so proud of what Ken has been doing with the casinos and, and moving forward in his own way and and making it what it is always meant to be and always has been such great group and and doing tours across the country and and keeping the legacy alive but also ken's legacy alive because ken is definitely one of the original uh seven of the casinos and uh i'm just i know my father would be extremely proud and the rest of our family is extremely proud well I'm extremely proud, and I am honored to know both of you. And, you know, listen, I grew up listening to the casinos. And to me, you know, especially then you can tell me goodbye, of course, you know. Um, that song's now in the Hall of Fame, correct? Yes, it is. Yep. When did that happen? Tell everybody. It, uh, it happened uh, uh Three years ago now, it was it was inducted in, and uh, what I would love to do, Jerry, is get the whole group inducted into it because that they deserve it. Right. I mean, uh, they're the ones that put that song so made it so popular that it is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right. and I think they belong right next to it. So, what we had to do is uh, we had to get folks to write letters in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, and suggest uh, the casinos and things of that sort, and, and get those uh, get them all in there. They belong there. Okay. How can uh, we help? Know, there's so many people that really, really should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they're not. You yeah. Know, just to get yeah to mention just mention one would be Johnny Maestro of the Crest, uh-huh. and uh, you know he had uh, nine hits I think with the Crest and about twelve with the uh, Brooklyn Bridge and I mean the man's not even mentioned in there so but anyway that's the way things go uh, with this music stuff Jerry and it's 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 a wonderful life to live it struggles at times but uh, it's more fun than it is uh, tough and I've met all wonderful people in my life like you. 
and your radio staff there in New Jersey, and, and uh, I just, uh, uh, music is good. Nope. So, I have a question. What can we do to help to get the casinos in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, you write the letters into the Rock and Roll Hall suggesting, you know, that, uh, that the um, casinos be inducted. Okay. It, it takes a, it takes a lot of lot of letters and a lot of work. Uh, you know, uh, people suggesting things, uh, uh, why they feel that way, and you know, things of that sort. Uh, yes, fans would have to petition for the casinos to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. Just when their songs in there, they automatically think the whole group's in there, and, the, and it doesn't right. work like that. No, you're um, right. Yeah, but yeah, they would have to petition. You would have to gather fans to petition the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame director, and like Ken said, explain why you want them in there. Why do they deserve to be in there? Because that's how it works. It's it's just like when you you know they do the uh, the Rock and Roll Music Awards. It's all on votes and and petition about who gets in there. Okay. Correct. So. I would like to talk about your dad, Gene. Okay. Um, you know, I've heard nothing but incredible things about him from Ken, of course, and, and you've said some things. Um, but Ken, let's talk about Gene. What kind of questions should we ask Scotty about his father? Oh, uh, like, you what he thought about the first time he seen his dad on stage. Okay. What went through your mind with that and, and, and the continuance of him doing it. Uh, how did that make you feel, Scotty? Well, you know, when I was little, it was uh, it was exciting to, to see dad on, on stage. But we had already, uh, we'd all already known that. Music had, has been gone in our family for back for four or five generations. Yeah. Uh, so we were we were used to that, but it was great to see my father out performing songs that we saw them perform at home, you know, in in the in the practice garages or people's houses. Um, and so as a kid, like that was great to me. I mean, I would I would even a little kid, you know, we would get together with family and watch them watch you guys on TV or. Or he would send a, a recording of the show, or, or you know, something that we could um, we could watch when we couldn't be there. Um, I, I like most kids, I guess, because I grew up around the music industry. It didn't it it, it was it was exciting, but um, I'd heard friends of mine that had family in the music industry that said that it, it kind of bothered them. That but it never bothered me. That was just a part of my life. I loved it. You know, this question I have for you, you know, I know the answer to it, but uh, I'd like to hear it from you and, and, and let our listeners hear exactly. Mm-hmm. What kind of man was your father? Mm-hmm. My father was uh, a man that wouldn't judge anybody, regardless. Um, everybody was a friend. Uh, he uh, he was a very smart businessman and could be very direct sometimes and uh, he he knew what he was doing, but he he was a wonderful person to be around. Um, you know, all of us have shortcomings, you know, but it, to him, nobody was ever a stranger. Nobody. That's correct. I, I know that. Wow. Uh, you know, it is uh, whenever we're out and about. Uh, you know, um, 
people would come up to him and, and ask for his autograph and he'd give it but he didn't treat anybody with any disrespect he never did that I've never seen him disrespectful Gene never was that way and uh, uh-huh. me, me and him was great buddies as, as you know uh, me, and, me and Gene got along really good he just thought we was brothers but uh, we weren't well, but uh, you know, he treated all the, the guys in the band um, like they were family because you all grew up together so to yeah. him in his eyes you were his family you were his right. Yeah, That's sure. Right. I mean, I, I, absolutely. I could see that. And then, you know, we did, uh, Jerry, we didn't come up in the greatest uh, neighborhoods in, in, on earth. Uh, they, no, those so were rough over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wooden Terrace was really bad. And then we used to rehearse in a little church down on Vine Street. That was like uh, yeah, on, it was on Ray Street, Ray Street, right across uh-huh. from Pug Park, and uh, it, it was been so easy to get mugged coming out of there. Really? <laughs> it was real, yeah, and <laughs> it was uh, probably and probably still to this day is probably one of the roughest neighborhoods in Cincinnati. Oh yeah, yep, it's bad down there, and that's where we rehearsed. And, uh, Things today in music is, is a lot different. You got nice places to sing, and you go this and that. We, if we didn't have a church or some place to rehearse at, we did it on a street corner or in the park. Just any place where we could put our harmonies together. And a lot of times we had people come up, and you'd be singing and stuff. They'd make fun of you, and they'd try to start fights with you, and, and all this kind of stuff. So it was rough in our day getting our music together. Do you know what's but funny? We, you know what's funny about that? Like, all right. Um, we don't, the average person, right? We don't think that it was bad back then or rough back then like that. No, they don't. It was really, 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 really bad. I mean, it wasn't easy. You really had to love music to stay in it. Let me put it that way. And it was in my blood from my parents, you know, was, was saying my, my mother was one of the sweet Anna Lines. And, uh, of course, my father was an Irish dinner. And, and so the music was in my blood, and I loved it, and because uh, that's how I got started. They, they put me in a couple of uh, talent shows, and I won a few of them, and uh, and I liked it. I never stopped. So to, for somebody to get out there and, and uh, people make fun of you and, and do you know and, and do the things they used to do, especially the agents when we get up and we sing, and uh, we go to get our money and he'd be gone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you couldn't find him nowhere on earth. And, uh, well, I can so I can remember when you guys would do clubs and you would come out of the club and they would try to rob you. Come really? Sitting in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, it was really good. That's rough like crazy. That. Uh, yeah, so now in my, in my my older years now I'm enjoying my music more than I ever did. You know I, the, the people that I sing to now are my age, so they don't want to start fights and stuff like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, you know, so it's a much different world today than it was back then. But I'm so glad that I got into it and stayed with it because music's been good to me. Wow, it's so funny. We would think the average person would think the opposite. It was so much better back then. It was so much nicer. You made money. And and it's the opposite. That's right. It's completely different than what you really think. And then back in the day, something that you would understand real good is it's, uh, it's the groups and the singers and stuff that got so involved in drugs. And it was a bad scene, and so many of my my, my really good friends, uh, you know, they found them dead in their apartments and stuff because of this the, 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 the awful thing, drugs. And uh, so that was one of our downfalls back in the, in the days, the fifties and sixties. 
it was really bad, and then it got really, really, really got bad in the seventies. You know. So then it's and, not. Uh, then it's always been the same, really, if we think about it. Yeah, they're just. Uh, so you, you just you was walking a thin line uh, every place you went in this music industry. You know, there was either you're getting trying to rob, or somebody's going to beat you up. They're jealous of you. Uh, they start bad rumors about you. They did this and that, but they, yeah, like I did, I just. You know, you, I always figured you can't fix stupid, so I just yeah. ignored it. Uh, I ignored it and went on with what I had to do. Well, I think a lot of people forget that uh, during that time, rock and roll wasn't extremely popular to a lot of the, the mainstream people because it was a, a new music, a new way. And uh, just like nowadays, anytime something new comes on, you know, us that are older that appreciate more good music, we go, God. Uh, what yep. are you listening to? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember the guy said this music will never last, and it's still here. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what, Scotty, you're right. Everything's relative. If we really think about it, right? I say that now. What the heck are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, you know, we got young folks in here, uh, you know, starting to sing this old rock and roll stuff, and, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's starting to come back in the colleges, I noticed. <laughs> it is. And, they, and the kids got great harmonies, man. They just like the old two-uppers. And uh, and I love to watch that. You know? And sometimes, I, and, you know, in my audience, I, I, I spot, I, I check everybody out in my audience, I see these young kids in there, and it's just amazing to me. You know, they get up there looking at this old guy singing that old doo-wop stuff, and, and they're clapping their hands, and they're in the trials dancing the whole nine yards. So, <laughs> our music is here to stay. I'm a... I'm a Sure, that is. So many people say it's a dying thing. It's not the music that's dying. It's the, it's the, the folks that do it. And, you know, we're, right. we're we're getting older, but the music's still here, and I think it always will be. So, Scotty, uh, what was your favorite song by the Casinos? Mine. Yep. Uh, Taylor Made. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so always been my number one favorite. Uh, right. Now I'm very, I am partial to then you can tell me goodbye. Because of course, it's about my mother and father, but really, Taylor Made's always been my favorite. All right, so we're gonna play. Then you can tell me goodbye. Then I'm gonna play Taylor Made for you. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes. Okay, Ken. Which one was your favorite, baby? Then you can tell me goodbye. Okay, so we'll play your favorite now. I love this, and that was mine as well. Here we go, guys. Then you can tell me goodbye by the casinos. Soften my dreams with your 
Beautiful, one of the greatest songs ever, which is now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Then you can tell me goodbye by the casinos. I have with me as my guest today Ken Brady from the original casinos, who now has a trademark for it and keeps the the songs going. And Scotty Hughes, Gene Hughes' son from the casinos. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Scotty, this one's for you. Tailor made.
That's absolutely beautiful. I love beautiful. that song. Yes. <laughs> Let's That's talk, a cool song, Scotty. Let's talk well, about them. You know, during that time, uh, Jerry, uh, that song in particular, Ken was with the casinos when they made that song. He's singing in the background there. So tell us, like, what... Let's talk about both of those songs. Then you can tell me goodbye and TaylorMade. So, um, you know, t- how, did, how did they come about? Let's talk about that. Well, uh... Then you can t- tell me goodbye was about um, my father and mother, you know, like like other couples, had their own songs. But my mother wanted their own song from the band uh, to be played at the wedding. So my father and the guys and John Laudermill, a, a very close friend and a writer for the band, went back and and came up with this song to to dedicate and and play to her at the at the reception. Uh, John John wrote came out with the lyrics. I guess he had already had some ideas on a song he was working on, and uh, and then the band came up with the music. And then at the reception, they got up on stage, and my father said, "I'm dedicating this to my new wife, and this is our song." It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, what about Taylor Made? Taylor Made was um, a song they wrote later on. It was it was about uh, uh, relationships that uh, my father had and, and band members had with you know uh, uh, women on the road back then, uh, their girlfriends or their wives, and and they would while they were out on the road, they would miss them and they would think about the you know, uh, the love and support that they had back home and, and that they were, they had the perfect tailor-made wife. Okay. <laughs> okay. Aren't all wives perfect tailor-made? That's <laughs> that right. That's right. They're the backbone of every relationship. There you go. Um, so, Ken Brady. Yes, ma'am. So, what was... I know you probably have tons of exciting stories, but... What's one of your most exciting things to talk about with you being part of the casinos? Well, all our shows was fun. Uh, I think probably uh, one of the worst shows. Uh, <laughs> the show was great. The show was absolutely great. 
but uh, we was up in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh Lord! Yes, and when we could, <laughs> when the show was we had a packed house. Oh uh, my God! I mean, we just had fun. And when the show was over, we went out the side stage door, and when we stepped outside, the sleet was going straight across. And it would almost cut you. It was so cold up there; we like to froze to death. And now, when we got up there, it was in the afternoon. It was, it was you know, kind of warm. But when we went out that night, none of us had any jackets, <gasps> no coats, or anything. And we like to froze to death. Well, that's you know, that's one of the reasons why I live in Florida. <laughs> so wait, Scotty, I think he misunderstood the question. I said, "What was one of your greatest memories?" <laughs> All the greatest. My greatest memory with them was at the. Uh, was at the, a, a club in, in Kentucky called the Flamingo. Okay. Uh, that was the very first show I did with them. And uh, in fact, I was doing my own single act in there. And uh, Glenn Hughes, Gene's brother, approached me and asked me if I would like to sing with a group. And I said, well, certainly. And that's when I started with them. And I, I rehearsed with them for three weeks and got all their stuff that they do put together and everything. And I did my very first show there. And, wow. Uh, that was exciting to me. What year was that? 1962. I was one years old. <laughs> 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 Oh my well, gosh! That now, girl. That's crazy. Think about that. <laughs> Only as old as you feel. No, but wait, but wait. Think about that for one second. This is a huge compliment. Think about this for one second. You guys were performing when I was one years old, right? Yes, ma'am. And I grew up loving your music, That's and fantastic. it's and it's still strong right now. No, that's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. Well, you are the best oldies do walks back east out here. We we don't get them that often. I I connect with Patty McGill once in a while, but yeah, we don't we don't get the the really great ones like you do out there on the east coast. That's, they don't have a dress out there. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, guys! Yeah, hold, the weather's always so weird. Guys, hold on. <laughs> guys, hold on a minute. I'm having a problem. Sam Broadcaster what? is not responding. Something just happened with the internet Uh-oh. here. Hold on, guys. Okay. <sighs> um. You know, when she asked me what my favorite song, I, I've had so many over the years, but you know, uh, then you can tell me goodbye. Is is really still one of my favorites but you know Taylor made I was I always love that song well, I guess because you you were with the group at that time and, yeah. and it's one of the reasons I'm so partial to it because of the group was really uh complete more at that time and, and there was a, a perfect sound yeah well they was at their peak then my love for you My trust in you. 
who wants to tell us about that song? Let's buddy. No, I'll leave that up to Ken. He's, <laughs> Ken's got a beautiful voice, and and oh my God, he he always has. Um, I I love the way Ken sings, and and his voice is so smooth, and and like my father said, the older you get, the better your voice gets, and I don't. I don't know how much better his voice can get because it's always been real, a real beautiful voice. <laughs> oh, thank you, son. When you listen to the music of the casinos, back in the day, we, uh, we were actually kind of responsible on the way the folks dressed. It was one of the most clean-cut groups in the nation. We always came out with our, our white shirts and our black ties and black tuxedos. You never seen us in, in, in jeans or, or, or gym shoes on on the stage or stuff. We always look good, and of course, you know I've carried that on. You've seen how I dress. Yes, I do. You know, I just yeah, very you know, sharp. You gotta, you gotta look bright. And they also changed the style of music. I mean, if you listen to all the old groups like that, you don't hear them doing these particular songs that you're playing today. They just didn't do it. We changed the whole style of music, and it was successful. Uh, people listen to it, you know. We, Plus the we, fact, for like two years, the everybody thought, and and this and Ken will uh, back me up on this. For the longest time, everybody thought the group was an all black group. That's right, they did. Oh wow, that's so, kind of a compliment yeah. too, man. So, yeah, so, <laughs> well, so, uh, we changed a lot of things back in the days, you know. That, that really, because a lot of things were changing for the worst. And uh, we didn't see it that way, uh, especially me. I always see it for the best, and, and that's what we did. The best of, uh, of music. We figured it was clean cut, and, and uh, the group looked sharp when they hit the stage. And it, that's so important to look good for people to remember you. They you know, so many times I've heard them say, "I can't." I don't know what that guy's name was, but he had that bright, shiny red jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they remember your clothes. They remember what you was wearing. And uh, today, now I see some people get up. Of course, they're they're just get started music, but I see them have a nice, pretty suit on, and their street shoes. Yeah, and, I've seen that a few times. Yeah, and you know, and I spot that immediately because I I look you everywhere. I just you know, what shirt you're wearing, your shoes, you know, and, and things of that sort. In fact, I got a good good friend of mine. He uh, he wears he dresses. Just as clean as could be, but he never wears socks. He has real pretty shiny shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he just don't like socks, so he just don't wear them. So when his pants leg comes up when he's on stage, you can see he don't have any socks on. <laughs> that's I think that's so funny. I know. But the, that, that's what we stood for, Jerry, back to the sharpness and, and the, a different style of music. Right, and that's what it's all about, and it, uh, and, it and it was very successful. That's, uh, and, and you get back to the, the, he was talking about that. Then you could tell me goodbye. It's, it uh, that song. If you listen to the words, I mean, if you could just figure, if you're in love, and somebody was going to kiss you for a million years, I mean, can you imagine how special that would be? I mean, imagine and, that. And, and that song, when you, and, and uh, the way they started with. Uh, Bobby Armstrong, the big B3 organ, that turned that song into a masterpiece. And uh, I, I always did think that. And uh, and of course, with Gene on the lead and, and uh, the wonderful harmonies behind it, and uh, the, the song had to be a success. And it's been it's been a hit. 
you know, three, four times now from other people. Right. So it's it's a it's a, it's a strong song. Right. Yeah. So it'll be around for a long time. We just got to get the boys in there. Oh. <laughs> so Scotty, I think all that music will be around for many, many generations. Because uh, it's like you said, Ken. Uh, Y'all dressed a certain way. Everybody's you sing a certain way. And um, no matter what genres come through the ages, rock and roll is always here to stay. Like that song. I hope so. <laughs> so Scotty, um, Ken performed at a show for us last summer, and this is a funny story. It's an incredible compliment to him. My uncle came, who's seventy six, seventy seven, and uh, when Ken got done, he came over to me and he said he had to be lip syncing. <laughs> And I said, he was not, and I'm going to bring you over to him. And I introduced him, and I said, my uncle thinks you were lip-syncing. What a huge compliment. <laughs> I had to sing to him, Scotty. He had to sing to him. Yes. Okay? So you're right, Scotty. They get better with age, right, as we get older, right? I can tell you, that was a, that was a first Jerry. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say I was My <laughs> uncle does not give compliments easily when I tell you, trust me on that one. Okay? Yeah, so yeah. that was huge. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this is, yeah, I did a show with the uh, Capris. Yes. Oh, and, you know, and I was telling Michael Diabora, Scotty does this too. Uh, the casinos were called, they called themselves the Capris back in the 50s. Oh, tell us again about that. Yes. Well, yeah, originally they, the, the legends and then the Capris, and when they found out there was already a, a, a group out there that called themselves the Capris, of course they had to change it. Wow. So, but uh, yeah, we was, I told uh, Michael about it. He was kind of amazed. But wow. uh, yeah, there's, there's so many different games, and that's another thing you have to watch what you name yourself. So, right. Yeah. 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 Trademark and everything, especially uh, during the break, Jerry, I was I was telling Ken, um, the casinos had many, many songs that were my favorite. And and uh, and I was very partial to then you could tell me goodbye. But one of the reasons I like Taylor made so much is because during that time when Ken had joined the group and, and a couple others, they they had that, that perfect match sound. And um, and Taylor Made was just one of many of the great songs they produced here at that time. Wow! So go back and go back in time, Jerry, and you listen to the the songs from the sixties and stuff like that. You won't hear anything, anything even close to Taylor Made. Wow! You won't hear anything like it anywhere. Scotty, it's a, it's a song on its own, and, and uh, it's got good lyrics to it too. That's what makes a song where you can hear the words and listen to them and they have so much meaning you know to have, to have your love of your life it's tailor made I mean that's just uh, what it is uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know uh, Jerry a lot of people that one of the reasons this made this group such a, a great group not just that they grew up together and but each singer in their own right could be a lead singer Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And they they worked together in harmony like that. And uh, occasionally, as you can see through the albums, each singer did their own song with the band backing them up. But each one of the singers could have been their own lead singer or work mm-hmm. in their That's own true. right. All good voices. So Ken, 
Why don't you sing a little something for us a cappella? Something? Uh, kiss me each morning mm. for a million years. Hold me each evening at your side. Tell me you love me for a million years. Then if it don't work out, if it don't work out, then you can tell me goodbye. Oh, man. Listen. Oh, man. <laughs> and this gentleman has been sick for weeks, and he's getting better, and he still sounds incredible, okay? Yeah, just a couple of days ago, I couldn't talk. Right. Wow. I went on, I went on that cruise, and somebody gave me the crud. Oh, um, great. Yeah. So... Fifteen of us caught the flu. Uh, <laughs> so you still sound beautiful. Incredible, Thank right? Uh, so, Scotty, tell us yeah. a little something that you want everyone to know about your father. Uh, okay. Um, I just want people to know that my my father was uh, was a really uh, good person. He was very musically and business talented. He. Uh, he really wanted this group to survive through the ages. Um, even if he wasn't going to be here, uh, he, um, he really loved music. He loved, he loved all kinds of music. Uh, and, and like we were talking about earlier, he never saw a stranger. And if somebody had a talented voice, he would try his best to promote them or produce them and, and let them make a name for themselves. Um, my, my father would be elated if he was alive today, uh, seeing how far the, the group has progressed and how much Ken Brady has done with the group and, and keeping that, that legend sound alive and doing the tours across the world. Cause really ultimately, and, um, I'm sure Ken would agree that it was all about the fans. They were always, they never forgot their fans ever. No, those are the most important people in our lives, Scotty. You know, without our fans, we have absolutely nothing. And and people don't realize that that they're they're, they're really responsible for everyone's success. It's the fans that make us successful. That's true. So, yep. So uh, I I do my shows. I try to get out and talk to each and every one. Of course, it's impossible to do that, but I shake as many hands as I can, and I give hugs. Right. And, uh, and I thank them. And I thank him for every, you know, for being there and, and, and all that stuff. Because really, without him, what do you have? You know, without your listeners, Jerry. I have. I tell everyone all the time. They're like, Jerry. Oh my God! Thank you for your shows. And I laugh and I say, Thank you for listening, or I'd be talking to myself. Exactly. <laughs> think about it, right? You do great shows, Jerry. I don't get to catch them all uh, the time. No, but thank you. I but catch what I can. But I laugh because if we didn't have our listeners, you're right. I'd be talking to myself. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I, to, I, guess I had a, a radio phone of mine in uh, Florida. His name was Jim Hendrick. And uh, he's he's in the radio rock and roll hall. He's a, he used to be in the announcer for uh, Miss Budweiser, the race boat, mm-hmm. and and he did all baseball games and stuff like that. But I always done this. I'm going. So I got to go to the, the studio. And he's like, "You want to talk to yourself for an hour?" <laughs> <laughs> 
that's true. The radio people look like they're talking to themselves. You ever been to a? (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Back in the day, that might have looked funny, but nowadays, you know, you see people in their cars. You're right. Their cell phones yes, right. walking through the mall, you're right. Oh, man, that's great. So, I have a question. So, so Gene Hughes, your dad, Scotty. Yes. Um, so, he was the first one that started the casinos, but it was really the Capris, but he was the first one. Well, uh, yeah, in a sense, um, there was a bunch of guys that, like Ray White and and uh, Mac Brown and and Joe Patterson, that all grew up in the same neighborhood, and they were they were singing doo wop together. And at that time, Joe Patterson was the leader of the Capris, uh, and unfortunately, later on, he he had died in an accident. And the band came to Dad, and they said, "Look, you're already doing our bookings." You're, you talk to everybody. Uh, you're a great singer. Why don't you take the lead and help us change this over to the casinos and you take the lead of the group? So he did. Beautiful. That's basically where me and Gene had, you know, a lot in common. That's where they, they approached him, they approached me. That's how we. Wow. Yeah, because between Ken and my father, they knew everybody. They, they were out talking to people. They were, uh, meeting people in clubs plus other friends they had that weren't in that weren't in singing groups owned clubs and and Ken and and my father knew all them people and and they would team up a lot and go out and talk to people yeah i can imagine that i mean ken's personality is incredible no. <laughs> well ken, uh. ken and my father are a lot alike yes yeah yeah we we basically if you seen us both together you just thought we were brothers really because uh, uh, we did uh, basically the same thing. Like, you know, I, I was into the promotion of getting jobs and getting uh, the, keeping the casinos working, and uh, the same as Gene did. So you know, basically a lot of a lot of the casinos, uh, you know, they, they they wanted to work, but they, a lot of them didn't want to do anything to keep you know do the jobs and stuff. So you had to have. Well, they didn't want to do the legwork, but they, that was exactly. They, um, you know, they were really good singers and good guys. Just. Not all of them had the ambition. Uh, they didn't want to mingle with too many people as far as making the bookings and everything. And and Ken and and my father were very smart in that and very very much people people and they a people person and they enjoyed that. Uh, you get them a show, they put on a great one. That's, that's you didn't have to worry about it. It was going to be a good show, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's for so, sure because my father would. When, when the guys would rehearse before a show, my father wouldn't let the wives, the kids, or anybody in there until they had a match uh, done a, quite a few sessions. And, okay. and and then after they would relax, then my dad would, would let you know the families come in. He was adamant about that. And I think a, a lot of the guys were adamant because family could be a distraction if you're trying to get you know your your sound on on key and on tune for your next show okay wow so scotty how old was your dad when he passed away and and tell everyone about that a little bit he was uh 67 he had uh he'd been in a car accident in nashville he was pulling out of a restaurant and uh on a corner and 
a lady wasn't watching and she just she hit the side of his vehicle square on. Um, he ended up uh, breaking his neck and and had some other injuries and had to go in the hospital. And he had a couple surgeries, neck surgeries, but uh, they did them too quickly because of the severity of how he broke his neck. And um, and he ended up catching a blood disease because of that and, and succumbed to his injuries later on that year. He, he died in the hospital. Oh. He had actually walked around two months with a broken neck. He didn't yeah, he it. did. Uh, I really? didn't want to mention that, but I guess I should. I yeah. called him on the – him and I talked all the time. And he goes, my neck really hurts. And I go, did you go to the doctor? And he's like, no. And I go, you should go, Dad, because I go, you never know what you could have cracked a bone. I said, you, you know, you endure pain a lot. You should go. So he went that day, and they they admitted right away and told him, you know, you, you're lucky because you have a broken neck. If you just turn your neck the wrong way, you'd die. Oh my so, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't even know. It. She broadsided him, uh, Jerry, and I taped the whole side of his car. But to walk around with a broken neck? How do you do that? You know, he had endured pain for such a long time. When he was in his 20s, he fell off a a ladder two stories up and broke his back. To Tennessee, and he said, well, Tennessee's done. He said, I'm having problems. He said, I started out my door and fell down. He said, my my, my leg gave out on me, and that's when he was having troubles with his neck. And then another time, after after his surgery, his fingers started going numb on him. And it was, uh, you know, just... So they they did a second surgery on him, and that that's what they uh, uh, That's what we was going to do. We, would, we was going to come right back out. It's the two lead singers in casinos, and it didn't work. Oh, so, how many? Yeah, uh, he's really having a lot of a lot of problems, um, especially with parts of his his body going numb. And that was one of the reasons they rushed and did the second surgery right away. He hadn't even healed from the first one yet, but uh, they didn't. I guess they didn't see a. Uh, where they could wait longer. Um, right, right. Figured it needed to be done right away. Right. Um, are there any other members that are still alive? Of the band, yes. Uh, Ray White is still alive, and um, he was that guy that had the highest voice. And and uh, who's the other ones? Uh, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Denton. That's right, Mickey Denton. Yeah, yeah. And they, they both live in Cincinnati. Um, they didn't want to they continue to sing. I would of, of how many of the uh, originals are still around. Well, I, I got to tell you something, Scotty. You probably don't know. Uh, Mickey Denton is going to be inducted into Kentucky Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. He's a, uh, but it's in Kentucky, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame we know. Of, it's uh, you know, we got the East Coast Hall of Fame here. Right, uh, right. And Kentucky's Kentucky's got theirs, and they're going to induct him in. He's the, I don't think uh, I don't think Ray does anything anymore because I tried to put a concert on at Cincinnati and they they didn't want to. Really, they, that's they a shame. But you they're know, just they're just tired. I mean, Ray yeah. was tired years ago. Yeah. Aw, that's sad. Yeah. They get involved in other things and other careers. I mean, each one of the guys ha- always had. You know, a lot of people th- seem to think, you know, when they're, when you're, uh, uh an artist, uh, a rock and roll artist or whatever genre music you do that for all intents purposes, that's your number one job. Well, 
it doesn't always work like that. You have other trades until you can, where you get regular gigs on a on a regular basis. So yeah, I, I worked all my life, you know, singing it too. I mean, each one of these guys, especially Ken, all had very uh, good professional jobs outside of singing. Well, I painted radio towers for a while, and then, of course, I drove a tractor and trailer, and then I think the last uh, job I had, really, is that, uh, 18 years, I was a car salesman up there in Cincinnati, but I still, you know, it gave me my time that I could still do my shows and do the things I wanted, and you know, mostly worked on weekends, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we all had to do it, and of course, uh, that bridge going across the uh, uh, the Ohio River there, uh, uh uh, Bobby Armstrong put all the lights on that. Right. <laughs> so we, we all did a little bit of something for Cincinnati. We, in fact, we went to remember the Coda up there in Cincinnati, in the club, and uh, it gave us all awards for all the music and entertainment that we brought into this, the uh, Cincinnati area. I've got that hanging on my wall. And uh, uh, Lynette got one. They, they gave one to Lynette for Jean and all that stuff. So... We've done a lot of things up there, but we all had to work. I mean, you just couldn't uh, go with, with just singing. Just, uh, wow. just had to do it. So, all right. So, let's play. This is too good to ever be true. Beautiful, beautiful. That's a beautiful song. So tell us about it. Well, Ken, you go ahead. You're in the lead on this. Yep. I got the lead. <laughs> well, this, uh, everything that Gene did, 
it, it, it's usually about the girls. I mean, he, he put it into a love song. If you notice, every every song that you've played so far is all about "You're Too Good to Be True," um, "I Kiss You Each Morning for a Million Years," and on and on and on. It's it's all love songs that Gene was involved in. You know, you hardly ever heard him doing a real high, you know, uppity, get but kind of a, a fast song. So, and that's what Gene was was all about. He was into the love style of the music. And also, you know, I'm kind of a crooner uh, that I do. I like the slow ballad type songs to tell a story, and that's what Gene did with songs. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yes. So, um, I want to play a song. I want to ask you something, um, Ken. A song named Gee Whiz, was that by the casinos? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, and, uh, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ray White was doing the lead on that. Yeah, because it's, it's the really high voice, so yeah. we always knew that. I mean, Ken, in his own right, sings high, but Ray Ray was a really high voice. Yeah, he almost sounded like a girl. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> That's too funny. He's far, he's far from being a girl, but he, he, uh, he, had, he had that voice was way up there. Uh, do you, uh, did we send you that song, Jerry? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to play this song, okay, guys? Okay, okay yeah.
So who was the lead singer? I think that was Ray White, but the, the song was originally done by uh, Car- Carla Thomas. Okay. And uh, she did that, and Ray White uh, said, I can do that. Everybody yeah, I forgot he, how high he really could sing. Yeah, everybody <laughs> thought he was crazy. But, uh, yeah, he, he put that together, and the, well, the harmonies from the casinos was great, weren't they? <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Um, other groups have sung that, though, right? Huh? Other groups have sung that song? Oh, yeah, but that, uh, the casinos did it uh, right after Carlos came out. Okay. Course, probably maybe uh, a year later. Okay, very cool. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, they put that out, too. It's, it's, on the, it's on the album. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So now, let's play Maybe. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, that song and Gee Whiz were probably two of my top 20 
oldies. Yeah. You know? They're girlies. That's when the girls was coming out strong. But now, that was before my time, Jerry. And uh, that was Ray White. And he, he probably, if he was 17, he was lucky when he was doing that song. Wow. So he was he was just a youngster. and uh, Yeah, Ray White sang a lot on the early albums. Because mm-hmm. uh, they put quite a few songs out like that. With that really high, like, rag doll they would they would say it was on the album yeah and uh and so a lot of them required that real high soprano falsetto voice to to make it sound really good it's amazing man all right these songs are unbelievable all right let's play i still love you okay let's do it that's my mother's favorite song this is tell me goodbye this is really okay. So this yeah. this was this for, is Gene Hughes doing the lead on this. Okay, this was for your mom. song <laughs> awesome think, awesome uh, you know, uh, Scotty I think that might have been Mac Brown singing when you know yeah I think that well no that sounds they do. sound like Mac Brown though well they uh, they made two versions of that uh, right they, that sounded like the older one with Mac Brown on it and then later on was, yeah. did the other one the second exactly one. yeah okay so, so the we're going to play like three more songs. We'll do one now, and then we'll, when we uh, end the thing, I'm going to play te- Lynn, You Can Tell Me Goodbye at the end one more time. But I want to play, we have a doo-wop here called Do You Recall? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nineteen sixty version. Who's the lead singer in this one? That uh, I thought it was Gene. All right. Well, let's no, say on the lead. On do do you recall? I I think it was. It's either Mickey. Or I oh think no, it that's right, Mickey Mickey Denton. That's great. In fact, Mickey Denton wrote this song. Oh, and I'll tell you a little story about it. Okay, before you play it, they only made three hundred of these records, and we put them on jukeboxes and, uh, of course, radio disc jockeys around the tri-state area there in Cincinnati, and uh, it didn't it didn't do anything at all. It didn't hardly move at all, but. I went up to New York one time, and there was an old record store there, and along the wall, he had all these hit records from people from over the years and everything, they had the prices on them, and uh, he had uh, some 45s left over there from uh, Then You Can Tell Me Goodbye, so he sold them to me for $7 a record. <laughs> he wouldn't give them to me. <laughs> and then he says, Ken, hold on, he says, I got something for you, and he went down in the basement, and he come up out of that basement with that record on G label or something like that uh, so I forget but anyway it went from Cincinnati out of 300 records all the way to New York to this guy's basement and I bought it from him and I put it out in the car and um, my wife at the time went out and got in the car and sat out and broke in half no <laughs> so that was the end of that but Mickey Denton wrote this song and, uh, okay so that was your fault for putting it in the car I'm just saying <laughs> She sat on broken hip. Oh my gosh. So here we go. Oh my gosh. All right, ready? This is a great song. In fact, it's on my CD. All right.
was beautiful. Yeah, that was Mickey Denton singing that. He uh, he he's still one of the guys that's uh, up in Cincinnati, but uh, they don't come out and perform much. But he's he's the one's going into Kentucky's uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, very cool. So, yeah, that, that was a really neat song. It, it's uh, I don't know why that didn't travel more than it did, but it didn't. Well, I'm going to play one more song before we end the show and have you guys say whatever else you want to say. But I'm going to play It's All Over Now. Okay. Okay, what did you guys think about that song? (laughs) They're all great songs. I know. Each and every one of them. I'll tell you a story about that song. Go ahead. Um, The the band was really, you know... uh, very good but you know the at the time when that song came out there was a lot of different uh new artists out and my uncle glenn Hughes wrote that song and he he wanted really bad to record it but uh, a lot of the guys including ken didn't think it was the right time for that particular song they wanted a more upbeat song anyway they put it out and it it failed miserably <gasps> and uh and and there was like a ongoing joke for the longest time that when the band would hear that song they were like it's all over they go it sure was it was all over <laughs> down the charts <laughs> alright let's <laughs> let's hear it okay it's all over now the casinos <laughs> Oh. 
It's all over. I guess the timing, the timing is everything. It is. It's the same thing in the world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Scotty, we're coming to the close of the show. Is there anything that you would like to tell everyone out there? Just that uh, uh, if you're pursuing a, a music career, uh, just to stick at it, have faith in, in your team around you, and do like Ken and my father have done uh, and are doing, uh and that just remember your your family because all these guys, including my father, and he impressed it upon them was about family and love, and pursuing your dreams and sticking with it even even when it got real tough. Beautiful, and I want to thank you for being my guest again. I think you're incredible. Um, I just love you, and thank you for this interview. Thank you very much for having me, Jerry. I really appreciate it. And Ken, it's great talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. My pleasure, son. My so, pleasure. Ken, what would you like to say, sweetheart? Well, uh, uh, first of all, I'd like to say I'm so thankful for your journey and the things that you've done for me and me. And most of all, the way you do things for other people. I know where your heart's at. You're a great person. And I'm also thankful that, uh, you know, of course, me and Scotty could remain good friends and, and stuff over all these years. And we have a lot of uh, things to go back on and, and, and reminisce with and uh, happiness and stuff. Uh, and and I'm, all, I'm thankful for life itself and, 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 and folks like you that, that make me happy. So you got a great show. And if people are not listening to this, they don't know what they're missing. Uh, they need to. They need to pull up the Jerry Petito show every day. Oh, I love you. Because Jerry has some wonderful things on her show, and you're right, Ken. She really does have a wonderful heart. I mean, that's right. Uh, I've talked to her outside the show many times, and and uh, Jerry has that heart of compassion for people to help people, and that that's really rare nowadays. Well, I got a dear friend of mine. Uh, Pablo would introduce me. That's her. right. It's best thing, best thing Pablo has ever done. <laughs> I say the same thing about introducing you to me. I love you guys. Well, Ken, Ken introduced me to Jerry, so I'm, I'm real thankful for that. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for everything Ken does, and like Ken said, our friendship and, and love to the ages. I, I'm very grateful for that. Me too, Bubba. So, Jerry, oh, thank, thank you. you for having me on the show again, and uh, and I'm going to be in New Jersey, and we're going to see I you can't a couple wait. times up there. I can't wait in July. I, I can't wait. I, I promise I won't be sick. Oh uh, no! Don't. It's okay. It's okay. Don't say that. Don't even will it. But I I'm love gonna you. Take, I'm going to take a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. <laughs> I told you, see that stuff works. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, Ken, thank you again for being on my show. I just love you. And um, you'll be on again, and so will you, Scotty. We'll plan this again. And um, I just want to thank you guys. Maybe we can plan it in person, because I'll be on the East Coast in around June. Really? You should do it in July when Scotty's, when when, um, Ken's here. Yeah. Ooh. We'll see see what we can arrange here. That would be amazing. All right. Well, Scott, the only thing I tell you is if you do and you meet her and you're going down the street, if she stops at a bus stop and has you sing to somebody standing there, don't feel bad about it. Oh, I won't. I'll do it. You know, uh, that's I, great. I have a really high voice like Ray White. That's so that great. Uh, she can have you sing to a gas station. That's right. Don't worry about it. That's right. 
That was great. You know, people have me do that all the time when they say, what's that song your dad did? It's yes! You know I'm going to probably do that. Oh, this is uh, awesome. I, I, know, I know you, Jerry. I got your number, baby. Oh, my God. I wouldn't worry about her stopping. I, you know, with doing street ministry so much, I uh, I just walk down the street and God sends them in my way. That's right. There you go. <laughs> God is good, baby. So I want to thank all my listeners out there, and I want to thank Remember Then Radio for having us. And I just want to say thank you and goodbye.